Hi guys, and welcome back to another beautiful episode of the You in Progress podcast. We have the wonderful Dr. Elena Pop. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Thank you for being here. I I know I'm a big fan, especially of like your little messages on Instagram, you know, with this like, uh, just kind of hopping back into the body and yourself and reminding you and what's the one that you have, like you start off with, this is the truth. The truth is really that? is. It's a mini yes. series. <laughs> yes. I love it. I'm always like, yes, girl, the truth really is that. So <laughs> guys, I want to introduce Dr. Elena Puff. She is a school psychologist. She's also an intuitive coach and she's helping people with their own intuition, kind of guide them through their own journey. I, I'm so interested in you as a person, what you do, why you do it. And so, yeah, tell us more. Tell us more about yourself, Dr. Puff. I want to know. Yeah. So again, just so honored to be here and share more about my story and my business. Um, I'm the founder and owner of Flow State Arizona Coaching and Consulting. So I'm a nationwide um, coaching and consulting practice. Um, I founded Flow State back in November of 2023. So she's in her infancy right now, but a lot of things okay. coming out. And really what Flow State represents is the true embodiment of not only my professional credentials, that have gotten me to this point, but really my personal and spiritual healing. It's, I call it like a beautiful marriage of the two. Um, and so again, as you mentioned, really helping people um, tap into their own intuition for that guidance and support to all of life's questions and mysteries to help provide people guidance that might not otherwise be there. Yeah, I love that. And do you work usually, I guess we'll, we'll get to this in a few, but you, we mentioned school psychologists. Is that what, uh, do you currently work with younger kids, older folks? What's kind of your demographic? Yes. Great question. So my training was largely working with children and adolescents. So from the time I was an undergrad, I was really curious about the developmental process of how we become these humans and form into our, ultimately our adult identities. And so I got a lot of experience working um, with kids. And then most recently in my business, I'm really starting to shift more into working with adults um, and working across the lifespan, because I really do think that um, people need support, not only in this new wave of raising this next generation of kids, but also the parents raising these kids, the adults navigating, um, this new world and that energy around it. And so, um, I'm a little bit of everything now. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I'd love to know, cause it sounds like your journey has, really taken some turns that you, it sounds like you didn't even expect in your mm -hmm. life. So you started off as you got your master's in psychology and you eventually got your doctorate. So tell us about like, what's that been from, you know, getting your doctorate and having that identity to where you are now? Yeah. So to back it up just a bit, I am the first generation uh, college graduate in my family. So I'm first wow. gen. Um, so there was already a lot of barriers that I was breaking down. Um, I'm from Pittsburgh, blue collar, working class, Appalachia kind of area. Um, and so there was a lot of just 
resistance in general with me going to college. Um, my family didn't really understand it. And so I was always curious about the human mind and kind of how it worked. And so I was always gravitating towards psychology. I just wanted to better understand why people are the way they are. Um, and then I found my interest in working with kids, again, from that developmental standpoint. And so I decided, what's the best place to work with kids? Well, they spend about eight hours a day in schools. So I enrolled in a graduate uh, training program shortly after I graduated from my undergraduate degree. And I kind of went into that program with the expectation that I would spend the rest of my career working in schools. Well, there's this pretty little thing called burnout that happened very quickly um, because what graduate school often fails to train their students around is how to make um, how to make or train you to be a sustainable practitioner, especially in fields like medicine and education and those really um, heavy service jobs. Um, so I burnt out and I was like, okay, crap, now what? I'm 24 years old, 25 years old. I don't, I, feel, I don't feel like I know anything. And really, I felt like my only option was to um, stay in the field of psychology. And so I decided to get my doctorate um, because based on the information I had at the time, it was communicated to me that that would open up a lot more opportunities as far as where I could work, who I could work with. And so I applied to graduate uh, training programs, PhD programs, all out West. Um, I was always intrigued by the West. There was something out here that I just gravitated towards. And so I landed um, at my graduate program into my PhD program. And um, that was during COVID, which was a really intense time to be, you know, 2,500 miles away from your family and friends um, to be in a rigorous PhD program and just a time of a lot of isolation for me. And the one thing that got me through that time was the idea of graduating from that program. You know, I always had this perception that on the other side of this degree was my happiness. I had been in this decade worth of servitude to my goals, to my dreams. And I said, you know, on the other side of this, I'll be able to finally live. While all my friends were out making money, growing in their careers, I had been in graduate school for most of my 20s. And, you know, it all came to a head. Um, when you get your doctorate, they have a hooding ceremony where your advisor puts a hood over your um, head onto your shoulders to signify to the academic community that you are one of them. You have made it to the top. And this is built up as something that we're all like looking forward to that day to be able to have that experience. And, you know, I'm sitting in this auditorium, all dressed in my uh, regalia. And honestly, I'll never forget the feeling that I had. I had this emptiness in the pit of my stomach. Jeez. I felt so lonely and isolated and just devoid of any joy. And I looked around like desperately at my peers and they're all just like crying and having these like huge positive emotional responses to this day. And I just felt completely empty. And that was my proverbial rock bottom. The realization that in this moment of ceremony, I wanted none of it my happiness wasn't going to be on the other side of it. That was the realization that was coming through. And so from that point on, 
that really began my own personal healing journey of like, I got to figure this out um, of like what really brings me joy and authentic happiness, but also not having that attached directly to my education or professional identity, because mm -hmm. clearly that wasn't it. That's hard because like 10 years of investing in like not only like your emotional capital, your financial capital, your family's like emotional capital of like, you know, trying to support you along the way and encourage you. And to know that that was never the answer. How did you come to terms with that? Like, what did the years after look like for you? Yeah, so I graduated in May of 2022. So this is all relatively recent in the last, mm -hmm. you know, year and a half, almost two years now. And, you know, I, I like to think that that was a point where my intu I was finally able to listen to my own intuition um, in that auditorium. Um, my intuition was coming through so loud and clearly. And um, I think my educational and professional experiences and even my upbringing had trained me to silence my intuition, to invalidate it. And so from that moment on, I made a promise to myself. I remember driving home to my apartment that night after the ceremony and we went out and celebrated. Um, and I, the whole night I just felt off and I was driving home and I, I said out loud, I made a promise to myself. I said, I'm going to see this through. I'm, I'm never going to shut this part of me off again. And mm -hmm. the, then from there, you know, I, for psychologists, you have to go into a postdoctoral residency after you graduate because it's never really over. And that's what they don't tell you. And so the idea is that, you know, if you want to become a licensed professional, you have to accumulate additional hours. So, um, I made the decision to go back into the schools to complete my postdoc because just the way things were lining up, that seemed like a good option. And so I, um, I found a school district here in Phoenix where I'm located and I started working there and, you know, it was during that time I was really, you know, I was going back into therapy. I had found somatic healing. And so I was really taking care of my personal vessel and my own emotional well-being. And going back and putting me in the same environment in which I was extracted from before getting my PhD, um, I my body was on fire. My nervous system was on fire. And I it was all so familiar to me. And I was like, wait, the circumstances are different now. Like, I got crystals in my pocket. This shouldn't be happening. And <laughs> my crystals are going to help me. Like, what, what the fuck is this <laughs> happening right now? No, 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 no. But the reality was, is that I was expecting a different result from the same mm. environment. And so I knew in having conversations with my intuitive knowing that I couldn't go back in and expect the environment to change. I needed to change. And so at the beginning of 2023, I quit my postdoc with nothing lined up on the other end of it. No income, no savings, no health insurance, no benefits, nothing. Just full send. I never quit a job in my life. Completely like my family thought I lost it. And I said, I'd rather work at a coffee shop or at Sprouts at the grocery store than, have, than, than doing this. Like, I know that I cannot do this again. And I had a PhD, like the highest degree you can get in this country. And so I called it my full send moment. And 
what it did was allowed me to really have the spaciousness in my life to begin to really develop a relationship with my own intuitive knowing, my gifts and abilities that were never nurtured or harnessed or cultivated prior to that. And so over the past year, truly, because, you know, here we are a year later, um, I have collapsed time. I have taken what would for most people be five to 10 years of their life and condensed it over 12 months. I have shed layers of myself that were deeply embedded. Um, at, even to the cellular level, I have looked trauma from my past directly in the face and moved it. I have embraced my spirituality, the energy in this world. And in doing so, built a successful, thriving business that is truly the embodiment of all that. Snippity snaps, snaps, <laughs> girl. I love that. And I like this, what, what, like, what a beautiful expression. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know like for me, I was just saying this the other day because it's been since I left my company, it's, that was in June last year. And um, literally dove, like I was <clears throat> sitting with plant medicine in July after, which I, I spoken a little bit about in this podcast that I've sat with plant medicine. And, um, and so there was like very little, like, man, like hanging out time. I was like, you know, my guides, like higher self, like, yo, let's go. It's go time. Like she's got to do this now. So like, I was saying like, I feel like the insight and the the patience that I'm getting for my journey and for how life unfolds is something that I know the pace that I was going at prior to like getting back to self is something like when I'm 60 that I would have been in tune with myself that deeply. But so I love when you said like collapse time because it's mm. kind of almost felt like I collapsed like 30 years of journey into self like now in like seven months. Absolutely. So I love that. And I think, I don't think it's like, no offense to either of us. I don't think that's like anything like super special. I think everybody has that potential within them to get to where they're going in an even more direct way. Uh, get back to themselves, like their essence and, and even, I don't know, more direct way. I think it even has a lot to do with like your sovereignty as a person, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's really coming back to being a sovereign being and using that as a means to guide you on your journey. And for me, you know, I agree. I don't think it's that special. I think everyone has the capacity to do this. It's just whatever is standing in their way of not doing it. I think as humans, mm -hmm. we're wired with this capacity, yet there is so much data and input coming at us of reasons why not to. And that's actually why I created the Truth Really Is series on my Instagram because I was like, somebody's got to say it. Like somebody's no. got to say yeah. what we're all thinking. And so yeah. not only that, but also not only just calling that in, but also um, – helping people get that messaging loud and clear of what are your excuses? What are your blockages? What are you, what are your reasons why you're not engaging in this? And it's really fascinating to hear what they are because when you speak them aloud, 
it kind of brings into it shines light on the truth of like that's really what's stopping you and so um it's been such a privilege to shift that into my coaching services to help people say those things aloud and really sit and process those and use all my knowledge and skills in my training around psychology and mental health to help people unpack that and process that in a way that's meaningful to them and what what are like common things that you hear of reasons why folks aren't getting to the bottom of like why they aren't or why they are doing things like what's some common reasons that you hear mm, yeah great question so it varies you know obviously there's some variability there but i would say the thematically if we talk about themes that come up a lot of the times it starts with surface level. So I don't have money to invest in myself. I don't have the time or the energy or it's not the timing isn't right or, you know, maybe in six months. And so a lot of those surface level excuses, which when I started working with my coach, I had never made a financial investment. I started working with her in April of last year. I had never made a financial investment like that in my life. Um, you know, I grew up working class, you know, never, I was, I've always lived paycheck to paycheck until opening my business. And I had no idea. I was signing on a year long contract. And I had no idea how I was going to make those payments. But again, by listening to my own intuition, I was like, I cannot not do this. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that, messaging was like the loudest it's ever been. And again, I thought I was unhinged, you know, and I told my parents and they're like, you're unhinged. Like, what do you, where do you think you got this kind of money? And I was like, I just know that I need to invest this in myself. And so, and it's paid me back over and over and over again. So we have the surface level excuses, but then the really interesting part is once you get past the surface level excuses, you get down to that deeper knowing. And what I find with a lot of clients that I have worked with is that sometimes people don't want to know. Because I'm sure you can relate to this as well on your own journey. Once you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's not going away. No. And so with that, there's something, there's some kind of privilege in like ignorance is bliss mentality around living in the shadows, not really doing the work to shine light on every nook and cranny that you might be pushing up against in your life. And I think people, the underlying theme between all that is the fear and the, the frequency of fear that comes through and threads that all together is that people are scared at what they might find. They might find that the person they're laying next to in bed every night, they actually can't stand and it's not aligned. They're afraid that the job that they've spent the last 10 years getting a degree around is not aligned with their mission and purpose for this lifetime. They might find that the perfect family that they envisioned in their childhood is actually toxic and has been incredibly destructive to their psyche. There's all these realizations that come through in these sheddings of your identity and it's hard. And people, some people just aren't ready to face all of that. And so it's really it's really aligning myself with them in a way that like, I know this is very scary and that's why this work should not be done in isolation. It's not meant to. Girl, it, it really, it takes, it takes a village, not just to raise a child, to live in this life. And, you know, no, that, that's, that's super beautiful. And it, it, it is, it is like super, um, 
it's like I always think like you know those like back in like the 30s and 40s or whatever 20s they had like circuses and like you would go and like they would have a hole and you'd like peep through and see some like crazy shit like who knows what you're seeing on the other side but like yeah. you keep and you'd like only see a little thing and I feel like that's like for me a good visualization of like my essence like when I first it I think all throughout my life like I'd see a little bit of my essence and I'd be like oh damn girl damn <laughs> and then I'd see some more and I'm like oh damn and then now I'm just like the the hole's getting wider and wider I'm like yo how can I just shove my head through this hole instead like but as intimidating as mm-hmm. it can be, like the only thing that we're intimidated of and the only thing that we're scared of in theory is, is ourself. Like mm-hmm. there's no like lock this monster or whatever. That's like a Northeast monster in the lake, but there's no like lock this monster. There's no like, it. it's just our shadow. It's just parts of us that we don't want to, sit with um so so yeah i i think that like and i'm sure our listeners are gonna be like oh damn like i feel like i have those maybe same excuses too like (laughs) and they're common and they're not like bad right Mm -mm. we're human Mm -mm. i think just being curious about ourselves is like a step in the right direction yeah Absolutely. And I think like another piece of it that I can speak to just based on my own personal experience is, you know, I've had to, I've lost a lot of relationships over the last two years. A lot of people in my life um, have not been able to make this ascension with me. Um, And that's okay, but that's hard as someone who's very, humans are very relational. And so the idea of letting that go um, has been one of the most challenging parts of this process thus far. and. With that, I think it's it's reflecting on, you know, I think about myself as a kid and as a teenager and as a young adult. And you know how you mentioned you got glimpses of your essence? I can definitely relate to that, that statement. And I can say that I think when it all came to a head when I was 30 years old sitting at my graduation ceremony, I had realized that I had been living in disalignment with who I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I was extremely extroverted. I could literally talk to an inanimate object and have a full on conversation if you really wanted me to. <laughs> I was incredibly intelligent and successful on paper. Um, I had a bunch of friends. I was in a relationship. Like I, I checked all these boxes, um, but it was that pit in my stomach that was something was missing and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was and you know if you're listening and you're like wait there's a pit in my stomach that something's missing um don't invalidate or discredit that that's there for a reason that's your intuition speaking to you and by going on this journey I changed and we as humans struggle with change. Change is generally very hard for us and the people around us. And as I'm ascending to this highest version of myself, you know, I'm on that process as of today and it'll be ongoing. um, I have been able to step into 
a more authentic version of myself, a version of myself that embraces my my strong sensitivities, that I've always been this very sensitive soul that was never allowed or given permission to express myself. Um, my deep ability to connect unapologetically with people um, in a way that I had to conceal it before. And really what has been so great about transposing this onto my business is that my work is of highest quality than it ever has been in my whole career. And it's not because I read a book or a research article or attended a conference. It's because it is a, it is a full embodiment and expression of Dr. Elena Puff. And the way that I am able to show up for my clients is in just such a deeper, more empowering way than ever before. And that just gives me such a strong sense of fulfillment for my mission and purpose in this lifetime. Wow, that's beautiful. It's, there is something to be said when the heart is in what you do. And it could be like anything, life coaching or, you know, whatever we do, teachers, nurses, the guy, you know, the, the sanitation guy in my block, like when you enjoy what you do and it find you find purpose and you find mm. joy in life and you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You could, you could do it for a million years. You could, Truly. you could help people that I, I think you truly can't even understand like the people that you touch. Right. Right. Because you do it with your heart. So right. we think about like the, 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 the mailman, like how many people are excited to see the mailman, you know, in, in this country every day, a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. They have the same mailman for 20 years on their route, you know, a lot of people. And it's because there's somebody who enjoys what they do and they enjoy being, you know, not of service, but in service to others. And, and that's what they bring. And I think that we really underrate that. We call it a dream. We call it like, you know, follow your heart. Yeah, but you're going to pay the bills. Like, why isn't there a world that you can pay your bills, get your G wagon, speaking to me, and also like be in service to others. Like, yeah. You know, so I think that's a super beautiful. You make a really powerful point though, around this intersection of being in service or of service, however you frame it to others, but also having a nice life. So this is something that comes up all the time with like people who I work with in the education field or the medical field. Um, there's this indentured servitude complex that we're trained in. I was always, you know, I did most of my training in public schools, hospitals, and community mental health agencies. And I think that has been a big struggle in shifting into my own business around like the programming that was imprinted on me and my training of always being in service to others at my own detriment, at my own detriment. And that's why I burnt out in every setting that I was in. It was unsustainable for me. But by being able to create a business that is reflective of my own worth and value, it's difficult to make that transition, but it's possible 
And in doing so, you stretch your clients in a way that they otherwise would not be stretched. Just like the example that I gave you when I signed on with my coach, like I had no business financially working with her. Like it was completely, it felt erratic. Like I was literally signing the document, like, am I going to have to like be homeless? Like, am I going to make it? I'm going to be coached. It's fine. to go live with her at this rate but like you know it was a really it was an oh shit moment because I really didn't know if I was gonna make it but she she framed it in a way where it was like you deserve this you deserve this you just invested how many thousands of dollars into your education when's the last time you invested that into yourself and the answer was never never and so I think in that way too You know, when I talk to potential clients about pricing and like issues around money comes up, you know, we're all, we all have money stories. We all have these things that were imprinted to us from our parents and their parents and generationally. But when you set yourself in an embodiment of this expectation of like, here are my rates, here's why my rates are the way they are, it stretches your clients in a way that they want to come up and meet you there. And you're so Mm -hmm. confident in what you're providing them that you know you're going to get them there. It's not like a yeah. slimy kind of wheeling and dealing of things. It's saying, come up to this level and meet me because you absolutely belong here because you slid into my DMs, you got in my email, you're on my website, like you were meant to be here. So let's go. Yeah. I've been waiting for you. And so I think that yeah. shift from like public servant and like coming down and do, going into the trenches and like trying to triage a situation versus helping people ascend up has been the biggest shift for me. And there's like this, um, like, uh, so when I, I spent a lot of the summer in South America last year and like the summer fall, I, girl, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> and, um, but every time like I would fly over the Andes, the um the pilot would be like you know everybody fasten your seatbelt like because they have to go at a low altitude because the gravitational pull of the earth is so strong over the andes so they they can't be flying super high they have to fly much lower so like you see the mountains you're like girl this feels like 1950s like swiss alps energy i feel unsafe but like Yeah, I'm like, oh my my gosh, too, with my little popcorn and my little meal they gave me. I'm like, help. But like, I was like, okay, cool. So of course, like when it ended, I landed in Argentina. And I'm like, I landed in Buenos Aires where I need to be, you know, whatever. I I don't know why I love that city so much. But anyway, so like, I I was like, okay, pilot, like, why do we have to do all this drama around the Andes? Because this is now the third time, like, Mm -hmm. like, we have to do this. And so he's like, well... Um, you know, because of gravitational pull, whatever, whatever. So then I like somehow more information about Cusco, the Andes, the sacred Valley, how it's like a Mecca for very spiritual people to go to. And then around the idea of healing and healers. And again, all this like came up and I was like, why am I getting all this information? And like, there's no such thing as a healer and hear me out. Because so the Andes, why people like to go there is because it's made out of quartz. 
quartz vibrates at a very high level and it's so dense. So if you're going to a mountain range made out of quartz, like it doesn't matter if you're the nastiest human in the world, you're going to be vibrating high. You'll be like, damn, you know what? Peace for everybody. Peace for everybody. Love that. And so I, you know, the, the belief that like somebody is going to come and heal me. No, that person Mm. has a strong vibrational energy that you naturally want to lift to their energy. Mm. You feel great around them. You want to be, you feel healed around them. You want to heal your own body. And so like when you mention like this woman, right? Like she had inspired you to like, want to like get going and where you know you innately need to be. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's my beef with like the mental health field in general. Like I think the mental health field doesn't function on that level of frequency and Mm -hmm. it shows. It shows because like I would have clients come in and they'd be like, I've been seeing a therapist for five years. You shouldn't be, there's something happening there that you're seeing somebody for five years and not feeling better. And Mm -hmm. it's no shade. There's some great, amazing, wonderful therapists out there. And I think therapy works for some people. Um, However, I think it takes somebody who's very introspective, very self-reflective, understands that your therapist is not going to solve all your problems for you, that that is actually, they're there to walk alongside you through that journey of introspection, but also somebody who has done the work themselves. And I think that is really where my business is coming in to work with holistic practitioners like therapists to say, come on up, come on up here. Because once you step up here, your clients will have the same invitation. But if you're burnt out, having 80 people on your caseload working at an agency, you're not really doing any good for your clients. I mean, you're, you're functioning in a very survivalist setting. And you're and barely doing good for yourself. Period. How are you so going to do I, for, like, exactly. Mathing it up here. It ain't working. It ain't working. <laughs> the math ain't mathing. The math ain't mathing. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. No, it's, and I love that, you know, and especially it sounds like your practice doesn't, it's like, um, it links the, 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 the Holy Trinity, which is the OG Holy Trinity, right? I grew up Catholic. So it ain't the Holy Trinity that I was taught. It's the mind, body, and soul or spirit, Mm. right? The OG Holy Trinity. And like a lot of the time, you know, we hear like in the mental health space and again, no, like that everywhere is, you know, has a service of some sort, but that there is a different, like there is, um, a separation between your body and your mind Mm -hmm. and your spirit. We, even in religion, it's taught, you know, that there's something like you're, you're not holy. There's something above you that's holy. So you better fucking work at it. Because yeah. you're not good enough until you work at it and you're perfect. And then you're going to be accepted by this like other holy Correct. thing. When yes. really like the divinity is like within you. Within you. And the mm-hmm. healing is within you. And you have everything you need, baby. So I really would love like, so how in your practice, and maybe you can walk us through maybe some exercises or meditation, maybe if you have any to to show us how we can kind of like tune back into our body. Cause that's what it sounds like you do at flow state. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am someone who up until recently has had, my nervous system has been on fire most of my life. Um, so when I went back into, you know, I didn't start going to, ther to therapy until I was an adult in my 20s. And I remember the first time I realized I had no memories from my childhood. Um, I had been disassociating for most of my life as a protective mechanism. So my my memory doesn't have very much archival information and so I was very frustrated um, with not being able to reprocess this. I'm like, I know how to do this. I do this with clients every day as a therapist. Like, what, am, what about people like me who don't have these memories? And so um, really so much of my work is, is that mind-body-soul connection, that spirit connection. And so um, I also grew up very religious. So I kind of had this like it was my religious trauma, but I had a bad taste in my mouth towards anything spiritual and woo woo. I was like, that's, that, that is all made up like to help people feel better. And it really, um, it was a surrendering to somatic healing, to healing my actual physical vessel because my brain was so, um, highly anxious and disassociative. And I really had to go into the ancient wisdom in my bones and in my cells, um, to be able to have those conversations around healing and generational healing and just really start my journey. And so with that, by going back, I said, I always make this joke that I was a floating head for 30 years. Cause I truly was, um, I never, was aware of anything below my neck. Um, and so by getting back into my physical vessel, I, I was able to connect with the divine. Um, and you know, people get all like uptight and they get like, Oh, what do you mean by that? And like, it could be God, it can be the universe. It can be nature. I mean, like insert quantum whatever. physics, whatever you want to. Yes. You insert whatever feels right. I'm not here to impose anything. Of course not. But like, to believe, you know, growing up, it always was really interesting how I noticed that people would gravitate towards God. You know, I grew up Catholic as well, and they would gravitate towards God in times of need or desperation when somebody passed. Like these were times where, you know, my parents would get down on their knees and pray, and I never saw them do that. And I think it's interesting because I think from like a human, a human's perspective, like we need to believe in something bigger because we are divinely connected to each other. And for me, it was getting back into my body to really reconnect or replug into that divine connectivity that, that really grounds and links all of us. And so again, this was never something that I consciously set out to do. It came to me and I was like, well, I guess, I, I guess this all makes sense. And so what I really encourage people to do is like, let's say you're going to a therapist and you're talking about your childhood. Like, your therapist should be asking you questions about how that is resonating in your body, um, how that is showing up in your physical vessel. Um, you should really be having conversations around your spirituality or what your belief systems are about that. My gateway to spirituality was hiking. Um, I never grew up out, like we were not an outdoorsy family, but in my early 20s, my buddy took me on a hike in Vermont uh, where he lived at the time. Yeah, Sorry, that's my that's my home state, I know. girl. I know, right? I'll probably know the birds you passed by. Shoot, exactly. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I'll never forget summiting um, this mountain 
It was the first mountain I ever summited. And I think that was really the first time that I had a truly spiritual experience because I felt so directly plugged mm. in to the divine. And I was like, something's here. And then I wanted more of it and more of it and more of it. I just kept hiking. And I think that's what drew me out West because I wanted to plug into that bigger picture. And so yeah. it's interesting how these things show up. I thought I was just getting a new hobby, but in fact, I was actually connecting into my divine purpose. And so yeah. um, my goal with flow state is to help other people put those pieces of the puzzle together in a way that is meaningful to them. The way it looks for you isn't going to be the same way it looks for me and the same way looking for the guy down on the street. So like we all have to make sense based on like how these things are showing up for us. And my job is just to help be there and facilitate with you in a way that gives you the sense that, you know, you're getting the guidance and support you need, but ultimately learning how to tap into that within yourself. Can you give us or show us some tools that we can use when we just, when we need to tap into our body again, when we feel out of body a little. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a little exercise like that I go to that I use. So um, we can go ahead and go there. Um, I think before I go into it, the biggest thing that I tell my clients, some people are like, how do I know the difference between my thoughts and my intuition? Hmm. You know, because if we're thinking about it, like the way we consciously hear our thoughts, you know, thinking about our thoughts, um, like, for example, if you're feeling a lot of anxiety, how do you know if that message is being distorted? And here's what I tell them. I say, your intuition does not come at a frequency of fear. It comes at a frequency of knowing, divinely knowing. So what I encourage them to do is as you're getting thoughts coming in from your brain, your body, wherever it may be, start thinking about how that feels as those messages come in. If you start to feel physical sensations like your heart racing or a pit in your stomach or sweating or shaking or any kind of physical symptoms, that's probably not your intuition. That's probably your anxiety, your worry, your fear, your sadness, whatever emotion you might be processing. Your intuition has this quiet confidence about it. It comes in just certain and grounded in in the messaging that comes through. And you just know. There's no questioning. You just know. And so I always say, you know, what is your mind telling you is one thing. What is your heart telling you? Because I believe intuition lives in our heart. And when you can feel what the message is in your heart, when you remove all that fear, anxiety out of it, that is your intuition. So I think for the purposes of today, I think dropping into that and, and really understanding what that messaging is an opportunity that I would, you know, if we have time, I would love to go ahead and do yes, that. Yes, please. I don't even care if we have time, guys. I don't care what anyone's <laughs> doing. I'm, I'm doing this right now. Awesome. Okay. okay. So um, you can sit or lay down during this activity. If you're driving or you're out and about, go ahead and just come yeah, back to disclaimer. this later. <laughs> Yeah, if you're flying a helicopter, please don't do this. Please don't do this. Please. I don't need any phone calls, any letters. No, thank you. Okay, so whether you're seated or laying down, I want you to just go ahead and close off the eyes. And I just want you to bring an awareness to your body, noticing any points of tension, discomfort, any areas that you might be holding stress. Just acknowledging them, no judgment. When you're ready, 
I want you to envision a ball of light directly above your head. I want you to assign it a color. Red, green, blue, yellow, purple, whatever color feels most aligned. I want you to envision that ball of light moving through your body, starting at the top of your head. I want you to relax your eyebrows, unclench your jaw, relaxing all the muscles in your face. The ball of light moves down your neck, into your shoulders, as they fall from your ears towards the floor. Envision that ball of light in your heart space, energized, pulsing, in tune with your heartbeat. That ball of light moves down into your stomach and your abdomen, releasing any tension or blockages as it shifts into your hips, down the backs of your legs, to your calves, and your feet. I want you to envision that ball of light growing bigger and bigger until it encompasses your entire body. You're radiating the color that you've assigned it. This is your shield. This is your protection and your direct connection to the divine. Placing your hand on your heart, I want you to gently feel your heart beat for you. Feel the rhythm against your palm as the light radiates from every cell of your body. Here, you are held, you are protected, and you are safe. Here is the frequency of truth, of the divine, the most authentic expression of you. The beat of your heart is the frequency of your truth. And know that you can always return to the space on your own. When you're ready, go ahead and start to move your fingers, your toes, moving your head side to side as if you were saying no, and up and down as if you were saying yes. No rush or judgment. Just bringing life back into your body. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and return. I really like them. Mm. That was really nice. And I, I like that you said safe because at the time, like, I noticed, like, I didn't feel like which is my own like recent lessons, but like I noticed like where I still wasn't meeting myself with safety. Mm. And so thank you. Oh, that was really beautiful. I love that. Yeah, that was really beautiful. I'm glad. Um, yeah. Let me get, let me get my ideas back now. <laughs> uh, yeah, back on track here. After I'm that. like, where am I? <laughs> That's good. Who that means this? it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so beautiful so tell us a little bit about what you're doing with flow state where can we find you um tell us a little bit about that 
Yeah. So as I alluded to at the beginning of the episode, so many amazing things dropping in for my business right now. Where you can find me, flowstateaz.com. That's my website landing page. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, flowstateaz um, as my handle. You can definitely connect with me on there. Um, I am so excited to be offering. Just yesterday, I launched my executive coaching container. So really, um, historically, since I've opened in November, I was continuing my work with children and adolescents. And don't get me wrong, the littles will always be that place in my heart. But it has really been through my own evolution uh, that I've been feeling called to work with women entrepreneurs um, who are making the same jump or similar jump to the one I referenced in this episode today. Um, I'm so excited to be able to help share this wisdom. I cannot gatekeep this. Um, so I want to be able to share that wisdom with others and how to grow the business of your dreams and make a lot of money doing it. Um, no shame in yeah. that. So Girl, I, I have <laughs> no shame to go to Chase Bank and be like, yes, I'm here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I got no As shame about that. You deserve it. And so mm -hmm. um, the executive coaching container is largely targeted if you identify as a high achieving woman, meaning you're just out here doing things, but as I alluded to, if something in your gut is telling you something's missing mm -hmm. and you're ready to come in and start leaning into that ancient wisdom in your bones, this is the container for you. Um, it's a way to connect to your divine purpose and most authentic self and is a way to really build a business of your dreams. Um, and so it is a four to six month container, depending on where you're at. And um, it's a wonderful opportunity to meet other like-minded women across the country who are, are on a similar journey. And so it's a virtual service. So even if you're not in the beautiful state of Arizona, you can definitely um, connect with me there. And then the other really exciting piece, um, mm -hmm. I was in Sedona last week with my coach and um, some messaging came through about holding space for a retreat for my ladies that are from these hustling cultures. So if yeah. you're in That's cities hustling. like New York, Boston, yeah. Miami, Los Angeles, these cultures that are um, really immersed in that masculine energy and you're looking mm -hmm. to step into your divine feminine as a way to build your business, reconnect with your family, get to know yourself a little bit better. Um, I'm going to be launching soon some information about uh, a retreat that I will be hosting in Sedona, Arizona. That's sacred, beautiful so Red dope. Rocks land um, this spring. So I'm just... I've been holding space since I was a kid. And so I think finding a way to really channel that in the most divine, purposeful um, expression of it just feels so, like such a privilege. Like I can't believe it's actually like my job. Um, and I want to be able to share that with others and teach you, you know, not only the skills that I have learned, but also empower you to connect with other women who are also steeped in that culture in a way that you guys can go back and remain connected and we can continue to build this beautiful community. Yes. I love that. I, oh my gosh, the, the immense joy and reward I feel like I receive helping people but helping women see their essence and sovereignty yes. and power and and it's not in the way that they thought by like you know hustling or backstabbing or you're losing a couple pounds or 
girl, like that has been the privilege of the lifetime already. Truly. So I love that. I love that. I think, you know, man, if all us women could really get together and hold hands and do the dang thing, you know, this, we wouldn't even need electric companies. We could just power these houses with our energy. That's how powerful we are. Truly. I mean, truly. And like the opportunity to heal in community was such a pillar of my own journey so far. Like Mm. I couldn't have done this by myself. And so it took powerful women to come into community with me or or accept me into the community as a way to heal next to them on a mat Mm -hmm. in a studio or have a connection call or, um, you know, go to coffee with me. I mean, whatever it is, it's that, that's that collective embodiment of who we are as feminine beings and, and being Mm -hmm. able to receive that. I mean, I think that's something that I really struggled with at first is like, I didn't know how to receive anything. I was so used to muscling through everything. And so having some amazing um, female mentors to be like, oh, honey, this isn't like everything you've done to get to this point. This is going to be completely different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. All right. How can we find you? You said you are on Instagram at flowstateaz. Yep. That's the handle. Feel free to connect with me. Send me a message on my website and on my um, socials. I offer free 30-minute consultations. So if any Mm. of the messaging from today was resonant with you and you were like, I want to know more, let's jump on a call. Let's talk. I'm happy to see if any of my programs are a good fit for you or at minimum direct you to somebody who I know might be a better fit. So I'm all about meeting people where they're at and connecting them with people that, you know, is a, that are aligned with them. Um, Mm -hmm. so feel free to reach out to me. I'm definitely a resource for all. I love it. And then last but not least, so I know we're in February right now, but we're still in the beginning of the year. I'd love to know this is the year of blank for you. And what's the blank? The year of blank. The Oh, I just did a vision board. I went to a vision board event this past uh, weekend and they had you come up with a word, the year of what? It's the year of ease. Yes, baby. It's yes. Not, that, not that like I'm not going to work and grind and do the things, but oh. things are going to come to me and they already are in the most joyful and miraculous way. Mm-hmm. Yes, baby. Let's so take excited. that with us. I love <laughs> it. Thank you so much, Dr. Elena Puff, guys. Thank you so much. What a beautiful conversation and inspirational. I'm, I'm a little out of it because of the meditation. So I, I might it. have to take a nap or something. I don't know. Reflect on this. <laughs> but thank you so much, so much, guys. And guess what? I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.